Welcome to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. I'm your host, Tim Reed. And once again, I'm so excited to be here today. Welcome to the Firetime Podcast. Well, we've got season eight just around the corner, but in the meantime, we have just a couple more rapid reaction episodes leading up to it. Now, before we get started with today's episode, I got to fill you in a little bit more on what's coming up at the HPB Expo in just a couple of weeks. So this is going to be in Atlanta, and I'm super excited about it. I mean, it's crazy just thinking that we didn't have a show last year, and when I keep saying, oh yeah, last year's show, it was two years ago that we got together in New Orleans. But we have a ton of plans, and I mentioned some of them last week, but there's a few more things to fill you in on. First off, if you're going to be going to the trade show on Wednesday, March 2nd, you have to take advantage of the Education Passport. Every year I always tell people, this is where you get the most value out of the show. Honestly, you know, it's it's dirt cheap. I don't know what it costs, 150 bucks or something like that. And you can go to so many courses and then get online access for weeks afterwards. But on Wednesday, March 2nd, myself and Grant Falco, as part of the Education Passport, are going to be teaching a course that's all about the 10-step execution process we've talked about on this podcast and that our Firetime Workshop coming up in May is centered on. And we're going to take an hour and give you everything we have on building this process for yourself. So this course is going to be amazing. It's going to be from 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. on Wednesday, March 2nd. And immediately afterwards, I'll be teaching a course solo about designing the perfect showroom to sell in. And this course is going to be all about how to transform your showroom into an amazing part of your sales process rather than a cluttered mess. And it doesn't take a ton of money. It just takes intentionality. So, I mean, the whole rest of the education passport is amazing, but I'm telling you, like, Just going for these courses is going to be worth it. Now, after that, we're going to get together for a Firetime Magazine meetup. This is going to be from 4.30 to 6 p.m. at Top Draft Bar, which is inside of the Omni in Atlanta. It's the show headquarters hotel. You don't want to miss it. We're going to be doing some really fun things at the meetup. And that just gets us started for the trade show. Like, There's even more that we're going to be doing. So what I'll say is right now, you need to go and download the HPB Expo app. And if you just go to the app store of your iPhone or Android phone, whatever it is, type in HPB Expo into your app store and you'll find it. There's no printed show guide this year. So this is the only way that you're going to get your information, but you'll find the location and the time of our podcast meetup. I'm hosting a couple of panel conversations that are going to be just amazing. And you'll get all of that information for the trade show. The second thing is that we have specifically put together a guide for this year's trade show to help you maximize it. It's a free PDF. You can download it by going to itsfiretime.com slash expo. Okay, that was a lot. And we're going to get to the episode. In today's rapid reaction episode, I am going to be listening to an article that we put out in the Firetime magazine Oh, when was this? A number of months ago in October, I believe. And this is an article by Grant Falco called From Writing to Running Your Business. And this is a barn burner. So I'm going to listen to it alongside of you, and then I'll give you my rapid reaction thoughts to it. From Writing to Running Your Business in Five Simple Steps by Grant Falco. 
A few years ago, I left a service meeting feeling frustrated for the hundredth time. Simply put, I thought our service team was stagnant. We met every week to solve problems, but we kept making the same mistakes over and over again, no matter what we did. At the time, I'd gotten into the bad habit of blaming my service manager for these persistent problems. So, after this particular meeting, I called my good friend and business partner, Tim Reed, to complain. I absolutely unloaded, insisting that my service manager and his team weren't doing their jobs right and wondering aloud why everything was going wrong. Tim listened carefully for several minutes. Then, when I was done with my rant, he said a few simple sentences that totally transformed my business. Grant, he said, I'm trying to follow you, but I'm honestly a little confused. What do you actually expect from your service manager and his team? At first, I felt a little indignant. Hadn't I just answered that question? But as I reflected back on my rant, I realized that I never actually mentioned any of my expectations. To make matters worse, I suddenly saw that I couldn't answer Tim's question at all. I didn't know what I expected from my team. Given that, how in the world could I set any of them up for success? This conversation haunted me over the next few days, and it forced me to face a painful truth. I was writing my business, not running it. In other words, I was so busy working in my business that I never took time to work on it. Given this realization, I decided to dedicate some serious time to considering Tim's question. For weeks, I racked my brain, trying to come up with an adequate answer. I eventually concluded that I really expect three basic things from my employees. One, accountability. Two, consistency. And three, efficiency. Of course, I was happy to have this realization, but it led to a whole host of new questions. How should I hold people accountable? How could I encourage consistency? And what did I even mean by efficiency? After wrestling with these questions for countless hours, I ultimately came up with five simple steps that I needed to take if I wanted to stop writing my business and start running it. If you want to go from being a treadmill operator to being a business trailblazer, you should take them too. Step one, expect your leaders to own their teams. This might sound simple, but it's absolutely crucial for success. If you really want to go from writing to running your business, you need to expect your team leaders to run their departments, no matter how large or small they are. Now, it's important to note that your team leaders will need your help and support at the start. They've probably never done something like this before, and maybe you haven't either. But to ensure that everyone is on the same page, it has to be clear from the get-go that your team leaders are ultimately in charge of their departments. We'll explore exactly what these leaders are responsible for in the coming steps. But the first step is making sure that they know their departments are just that, theirs. There are several benefits to instilling ownership in your leaders. First and foremost, it encourages them to take personal responsibility for producing results, rather than expecting managers to do that for them. What's more, ownership also inspires initiative, drive, and self-confidence in your leaders. In a nutshell, you need your leaders to understand that it's up to them to get their teams to perform. Once you do that, you're on the road to success. Step two, set smart goals for your business. As a business owner, you need to have goals. To make sure these goals are simple yet effective, consider using the SMART principle. This means that you should ask yourself the following questions while you're creating your goals. S. Specific. What do you want to accomplish? M. Measurable. How will you know when you've reached your goal? A. Attainable. Is it in your power to actually accomplish your goal? R. Relevant. Is your goal relevant to the direction you're trying to take your business? And T. 
time-based. When exactly do you want to achieve this goal? Once you've answered these questions and created your SMART goals, the next thing you need to do is encourage your team leaders to own them. And that takes us into the third step. Step three, own your performance. If you go back to the three basic things you should expect from everybody, accountability, consistency, and efficiency, you'll realize that it's all based on performance and investments. If your employees or teams aren't performing, it's probably because there hasn't been enough investment. Team leaders should always be investing in themselves and their teams, and you should always be investing in them too. One investment you can make, and this goes a long way, is teaching your leaders to create key performance indicators or KPIs. Another investment is teaching your leaders to track those KPIs. Finally, you need to invest time every week into letting your leaders report on their KPIs. During these KPI reports, make sure you acknowledge where your teams and leaders are winning, since this simple strategy is a huge culture builder. And whenever your teams and leaders are losing, turn that into a learning opportunity. If they can learn to lose in a controlled environment and talk constructively about their problems, then they're going to get better. Period. All of this will require you to set up a public KPI scoreboard that follows a red, yellow, green system. If you're on track to meet a goal, mark it green. If you're almost on track, mark it yellow. And if you're behind your goal or way off track, mark it red. This simple scoreboard should be updated weekly and you should be learning from it constantly. Step four, set up standard team meetings. There are several types of standard meetings you should set up with your teams. For starters, each of your teams should have a daily stand-up meeting. To be clear, you don't need to be involved in every single one of these stand-up meetings. Instead, your team leaders can run those for you. In addition, you also need to organize weekly team meetings, and you should be a part of those, at least for the first year or two. During these meetings, you should help your teams and their leaders get where you want them to go. I would also recommend that all owners and store managers hold a monthly store meeting. A leader is a repeater, and you need to over-communicate your mission, vision, and values. A store meeting allows you to share things that everyone in your business needs to know. So often, we talk to this person, that person, and another person about a particular goal, policy, or change. When that happens, messages get mixed, and things get lost in the shuffle. That's why over-communicating is key, and that's why a monthly store meeting is so essential. As an owner or store manager, it's your job to set the agenda at all these meetings. Agendas keep meetings intentional and allow them to scale. So what goes into an effective agenda? Well, you can break most effective agendas into four main parts. One, you should start most meetings by reporting on action items. As you develop your systems and processes, you'll realize that certain things need to happen consistently. You need to specify these things as action items and create specific timelines for when they get done. You also need your teams to regularly report on each of these action items. Eventually, you should have someone take notes about these action items and follow up to ensure they get done. This holds people accountable for the work that matters most, and that's how you work on the business instead of in the business. Two, the next section of an effective agenda is usually a performance review. At this point in the meeting, you should review the KPIs that you've already set up with your teams. As you do that over and over again, your teams will start to internalize what's expected of them, and that's powerful. After all, it's hard to succeed in any position if you don't know what you're supposed to be doing. By consistently reviewing your KPIs, you're eliminating any performance mysteries and clarifying what it looks like to win. Three, the third part of an effective agenda is normally an investment review. 
As I mentioned multiple times, you've got to invest in your teams and your business, especially when things are slow or issues are identified. This is the part of the meeting where you discuss the investments you're currently making or explore others that you still need to make. Four, finally, you should end most of your meetings by discussing urgent issues and hot topics. This portion of the meeting reviews everything your team needs to do right now. If you think about it, meetings are time set aside to solve the problems that your teams can't deal with during the normal run of the day. That's why it's so crucial to set aside time during most meetings to discuss urgent issues and hot topics. In short, setting up standard meetings and creating intentional agendas are both essential parts of running a successful business. Step 5. Write and review weekly game plans. There are certain things that your team needs to do every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday, especially if you want to get better. As a result, I would encourage you to write a weekly game plan for each of your departments. I'd also recommend that your teams regularly meet to review those game plans. These meetings should act as a reminder, a routine, and a spark. They should help your teams remember all those things that are essential to success but easy to overlook. For example, my installation teams have a short stand-up meeting every morning between 7.45 and 8. During those stand-up meetings, they start by reviewing the scope of work, the customer expectations, and the job rating of each standard project that's already underway. Next, they focus on where they're at with any custom projects. And finally, they review any projects marked urgent or incomplete for one reason or another. Honestly, these meetings are super simple, but they're also really consistent. Everyone knows when they're happening, and everybody knows what's on the agenda. And that sort of consistency across departments can produce amazing results. Of course, the specifics of each weekly game plan and the agenda of every review meeting will vary from team to team. But no matter what, your teams need to clearly articulate their weekly game plans and consistently calendar out these review meetings. At the end of each week, teams should also submit their game plans to the owner or store manager. To be totally honest, following these five simple steps will take time, energy, and commitment. Because even though the steps are easy to understand, they're difficult to execute day in and day out. There will be times when you want to give up on a goal, skip a meeting, or shirk a responsibility. You'll have to fight through doubts and push through dips. Sooner or later, you'll want to give up and go back to the way you've always done things. But if you take these steps seriously and make them routinely, you'll be able to go from writing to running your business. And that is a major win. Well, I hope you enjoyed that audio article. Gosh, I got a ton out of it. You know, it's funny when that first got turned in for editing. I was the one that edited the episode and I, it's been a long time since I've listened to it, but gosh, it's so powerful just going back to hear it again. I mean, truly this is this is an article. This is this is something that, you know, Grant obviously put together with a lot of thought and preparation. And and if you keep revisiting these concepts, you're I mean, that's going to set you on a really really good path. When he talked about the idea that at the end like, you know, going from writing to running your business is something that that every business owner should be thinking about. And it, it may not seem possible. Uh, very often when I when I talk to folks, they just feel crushed by the weight. And you know, even even putting this podcast out, the the goal of it is never to crush you under the weight of feeling like you're a failure or you can't do it. it it's to give you hope to say you can. And there and there are people that that are doing this, you know. When you talk about the idea of, of running your business instead of writing it, this doesn't mean there's not problems. And it doesn't mean there's not times where where you are, you know, being crushed by the weight of what's going on, but it means that you've got a, a process you've built for 
knowing what levers to pull to make things happen in your business. And I I wasn't even going to go here. This isn't even in my notes. So for me at at Wi-Fi, I'll show you what it looks like. You know, for years at Wi-Fi, it was me by myself doing everything. I mean, not everything. I had had a couple programmers that I, that I worked with on a contract basis, but, but they weren't full time. It was just, it was me. And, And now that we have a team in place, this is so simple, but like for me, writing my business means I've got a big whiteboard. I'm turning around to look at it right now in my bonus room. And this thing's probably, I don't know, two and a half feet high by three and a half feet wide. And it's got, let me just look at this. One, two, three, four, five, six. It's got like seven boxes on it all across the top, one for every single team member. And then it has boxes going down as well. It's a grid. And essentially what what I do is I list out every single team member, what their function is in the company, like what's their specific role. And then underneath, I've got three boxes that just simply says current, next, and future. And I literally just write down like, what are the current big projects or tasks that they're working on? And then next is when they're done with this, what do they need to do next? And then future. And for me, I try to do it like twice a week, but I review the board. And when I review the board, I just look through Okay, like what are they working on right now? And I and I have, I use color coding so I can if there's like a deadline that's marked in red, the last time that I communicated with this person is marked in light blue. But but for me, going through this whiteboard is how I run the business rather than just right alongside of it, because it allows me to see what everybody's doing, the next task that's coming up, and literally if I get an email throughout the week that's like, hey man, we got to do this, I just I look at the board, and I just decide, okay man, we've already got a lot of projects that this person's currently working on. It's, this is going to go into the next box. Or no, you know what? It's a great idea. It's going in the future box. And if that's my way of running the business. It doesn't mean there's not problems. It doesn't mean that we don't have to alter course or I have to stop what I'm doing to, to jump in. But it allows me to pull the right levers in running the business. So it's so funny. Like, I mean, it's a huge thing that I took away as, as, I, was, as I was listening to this that... It doesn't mean the business runs perfectly and it doesn't mean there's not problems, but it means that you have a mechanism of how you can look at your business holistically and know what levers to pull. So for me, it's a whiteboard that sits right behind me. And you know, you might have a a different and, and better way of doing that. A couple of other things before we get out here is, you know, just, just this idea of leaders need to own their teams is so important. And, and, and again, if you might be a small company, you might have six people in your company. That's Okay your one installer that, that maybe as a helper that's part-time, they own their team. You know, that, they own their team. They're the installation leader. If you've got yourself and one other person on the sales floor, you own sales, right? So leaders need to be responsible for their own teams. When Grant told that story about our conversation, I, I literally remember it like it was yesterday. I was at the La Provence uh, coffee shop in Lake Oswego. I think that's how you pronounce it. It's a French coffee shop. And we just got done with our team meeting when Grant called me. And I, you know, it wasn't it's quite as profound a moment for me as it was as it was for him, obviously. But, but I'll never forget that. I remember as he was talking to me, the first thing I thought of is just, man, you know, do these people know what's expected of them? Because if, if they don't know what's expected, we, we it's going to be really tough. We can't do anything. So so that idea, like when you have a, a leader on your team, really clearly laying out those expectations and letting them know that they are responsible 
for their team's performance. That's not a crushing weight. It's actually freedom. Because if I'm responsible, it means I can make decisions, right? If I'm responsible as as a sales leader for my company, I will make decisions to grow our sales and make it effective. If I'm not held accountable for it and I'm not responsible... I'm not making decisions because it's not my problem. You know, that idea of, of delegating responsibility is really important. Finally, when, when Grant talked about, I mean, there's so many things to cover, but we only have so much time. The, the, the big thing I'm thinking about next is key performance indicators. Okay. This idea of green, yellow, and red in combination with your goals and your meetings it's so important. And I mean, again, like I'm trying to live this out myself and I'll just, I'll tell you about what we do with Wi-Fire. So the first thing is when it, when it comes to Wi-Fire, we've got, we've got goals and I'll just read them to you. There's, there's five, there's five goals that we have long-term. This will go over the next, you know, five years or so. The first one is to create a comprehensive set of tools for the entire sales process. Second one, develop our five core processes of building, onboarding, sales, updating, and retention. Number three is grow to 300 subscriptions in the next four years. Number four, retain 95% of our partners over the next five years. And then number five, get 12 months earnings in the bank. Okay. So, so those are all of our goals and those goals mean specific things to us in the company. Now, inside of those goals, we have due dates and we break them down into quarterly objectives. So literally like every quarter, we, we have a number of things that we need to get done on that path. And that's part of our weekly meeting. Like when, when Grant talked about, you know, meeting with your teams week in and week out, you know, we, we have a touch point every Monday where we, we literally, we go through our goals and our objectives, but it breaks down into a scoreboard. And you're not going to believe this, <laughs> the scoreboard we don't use green, yellow, red. We just simply use green or red. And if the scoreboard meets the metric, it's got a green checkbox. And if the scoreboard misses the metric, it's got a red frowny face poop emoji because it's either good or it's bad. And when we look at the scoreboard, like we don't want those poop emojis. We want this thing to be full of green checkboxes. But as a team for us to come around that scoreboard and look at our key metrics, which, you know, in the case of Wi-Fi are going to be a little bit different than your companies, but the rhythm is the same to look at those key metrics, to understand your goals and your vision and, and, you know, come around it every single week in your meeting is, is the only way that I know to stay on track. So, you know, that, that's the way that I'm trying to live this out personally, but you can do the exact same thing. It might seem intimidating, but you, you know, you can just start somewhere, but that, that weekly meeting, whether it's for your sales team or with your installer, if your company is four people, that's okay. Monday morning, get all four of those people and just talk about what you have coming up that week and where you're trying to go. So my hope is that you got inspiration out of that article to make a positive change in your business this week. Now, if this podcast has been a blessing for you and you want to support it financially, you can do that by going to the website, patreon.com slash it's fire time. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash it's fire time. Now, I know I talked on the front end of this podcast about the expo coming up, but gosh dang it, if you're going to be there you've got to pick up a copy of the Firetime Journal. We have been pouring, man, like our blood and sweat and tears into this for the last few months. And this resource is going to be 
unbelievable. It's over 150 pages long. It's loaded up with content on the eight different departments of running a hearth retailer. And it's, I mean, it's out of this world. I can't believe it. And our hope is that it is a resource that stands the test of time that, that, you know, you use for years. So we've got 3,000 of these printed. We're going to be giving them away at the HPB Expo, and we're actually stuffing a hundred of them with golden tickets. And I mean, and these golden tickets will have opportunities for free consulting from me and Grant. There's some that have major discounts on the Firetime Workshop that's coming up. And honestly, a bunch of them are a free drink with one of the members of the Firetime Magazine team. So do not miss out on getting this at the HPB Expo. It's going to be huge. So as we round out today, my hope is that you got value out of this and there's something that you can execute on this week. You know, many of us started out lost, but as we've come together and formed this community, you know, we're found and we're starting to, to write a map that other people can follow. So think about how can you get started on doing that this week? Thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast. To learn more, visit the website, itsfiretime.com. Music from this episode was written and recorded by In Bloom out of Portland, Oregon. We thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. We'll see you next time. I'm all in to burn it down.